I want to talk this morning, I want to talk about being, being set above the crowd. And I believe as kingdom people, we are set above the crowd. We're not called to be in the crowd. We're actually called to, to actually be above the crowd in the sense that, that, that we have been given something to say, we've been given something to carry that, that is not just in the crowd, it actually comes out and it is above the crowd. And I can see Miriam back there. Miriam's got a birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday, Miriam. She's going to be 47 and a half tomorrow. So, well, yeah, nice age. In the Christian life, you, you hear a lot of people talk about faith. And, and you know, last night, I, I, last night, last week... Last week we, we started a, a series on, on faith and we talked about what it takes to, to actually to build a legacy, what, what it takes to, to actually build something that actually goes beyond us and is there uh, for the future, for generations to come. What, what does it actually take to build a reputation? What, what does it take for us as your church to, to have a reputation that's not just known in a church circle, but is actually known in the community? What do we stand for in this, in this city that is going to bring about change in our city? What are we going to do? And I, I believe faith is such a key aspect to that. So you hear a lot about faith. You hear about, about people walking by faith. You talk about people seeing by faith. You hear about giants in faith. And sometimes we can feel it's a bit overdone or a, a bit Confusing. Listen to what Eugene Peterson says in the Message Bible in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. He says, The fundamental fact of existence is that trust in God. This faith is the firm foundation under which everything that makes life, that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith, listen to this, this is where I want to go this morning and I, and I realise I'm, I'm using a sort of a, a Peterson term, so, you know, it's not necessarily grounded in a, in a, in a theological concept, but, but it says the act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and set them above the crowd. And, and I've sort of put that disclaimer there, but you can look, check the other versions, it says basically the same thing. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and set them above the crowd. Faith is what distinguishes kingdom people from the rest of society. You see, faith is what set the church apart through this coronavirus season. You know, we're, we're, you know the enemy's been rubbing his hands together and thinking, you beauty, how do I, how do I discourage Christians? How do I, how do I bring about uh, a, a, an end to momentum that's going on at the moment? What can I do? Well, let's, let's separate people. Let's stop them coming together and praising and declaring. Let's get people alone and separated and isolated. Let's get them in a position where they feel discouraged and, 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 and I can really do my best work on them. And, and well, I am, I'm actually proud of, of the church across the globe. Uh, the way that, that, you know, that we have actually rallied through this season. And, you know, that, that first week of isolation in the UK when churches rallied and, and, and got themselves online, the, the percentage of, of people um, in church getting connected was about three times higher than what it was before. 
You see, what the enemy means for harm, God turns around and uses it for good. You know, the enemy might be doing something for harm in your life at the moment. Somebody might have gossiped about something on and you're feeling isolated. You know, God can turn around and use that for good in his kingdom. Faith enables us to live out that legacy of what the writer of Hebrews calls the great cloud of witnesses. And it's, it's those living now who get to live out and realise what had been promised to them. Isn't that amazing? And I talked about this a bit last week, so I'm not going to go into depth on this, but we get to live out what had been promised to some of the, the great patriarchs of the faith, some of our ancestors, people that have gone before us. We get to live out that and, and see the reality of that in these times. Right now, we are positioned to live out a great legacy of faith. We are positioned to live out a great legacy of faith. You have the opportunity to be set apart from the crowd and I believe to be above the crowd. You can live in the crowd or you can live set apart and above the crowd. See, the crowd... Crowd is a pretty easy place to live, isn't it? And when sometimes when we're at, at school, particularly, we think, I, I just want to be in the crowd. You know, I want to have I want to have the same cool shoes that the crowd kids have, but my parents make me wear these sensible shoes. I just want to be in the crowd. But after a while, you know what? The, the, crowd, the, the crowd becomes boring. The crowd becomes depressing. The, the, crowd, the crowd says things that it doesn't really believe. The crowd, and the crowd has this energy and goes down lines and things and we all find ourselves believing things and doing things and subscribing to things that we know is not right. And, and actually, crowd thinking is amazing. Crowd thinking throws logic out the window. Crowd thinking can engage in all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff and after a while we believe that to be true. But as kingdom people we are set apart and above the crowd. The the, the Christian world is so often feeling like, okay, yeah, we've been a bit weird over the years so we actually want to be, we just want to be back in the crowd. But you know what, what? What's the Bible say about that? It says, be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, you've got a different spirit. You've actually got to be set above the crowd. Back to Hebrews 11, and I'm in the NIV now. You can see it on the screen. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Is it, wouldn't that be a cool thing to be said about, about you? I mean, I, I don't want to be too morbid this morning. But, 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 you know, what, what are some of the things that could be said about us? You know, like when it's, when it's Sava's funeral. Sorry, mate. <laughs> he was living by faith to the end. He was living by faith all the days of his life. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things that were promised 
They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They did not receive the things that were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. All right, to be set above the crowd, to, to, to live by faith, to live above the crowd. I think, number one, we've actually got to make a, a decision that we want to live well and finish well. We want to we wanna live well and finish well. And maybe there'd be people here, we're all in different things. Like when I, was, um, when I was 20, I didn't like to think much about finishing. Now I'm 22 and a bit. No, it's all right. I'm 50 something. You know, think about this a little bit more. <laughs> And I don't fear it, I don't, it doesn't scare me, but, but what, what, what it does is it inspires me that, that I'm saying, I want to live well and finish well. And actually, if you want to finish well, the best place to make that decision is now. Like, like if you want to finish well, if you make that decision when you're 16, uh, imagine the opportunity that you have in front of you. Decide that you're going to finish well and you're going to finish strong. Uh, you know, it said in Hebrews... They went all the way and they finished strong. Now, I'm, I'm told my um, great-grandfather, who, who, who passed away, I think, the same year I was born, and he was a, he was a farmer in a, a little town on the, on the northwest coast called Prealina, and they were dairy farmers. And he, he used to pray, I'm told. One of his prayers was, as he got older, he used to pray, Lord, don't let me become an old fool. And there was a sense he was saying, no, I actually want to finish well. I don't want to use age as an excuse. I, I don't want to use age as an excuse to, to, to just, you know, to sort of to, to, to not, not finish strong and to, and to sort of just, you know, let my guard down and do stupid things. And, and, and here's a man that actually left a legacy. He, he's a man that, that in our family... Um, and and we, we've had our um, reset series, and um, it's been fantastic. And, um, and Dad's been um, Dad's been one of our, our little testimony anchors, where we've been looking at testimonies over over the different stages of a discipleship journey. And one of the things that Dad said, he said, "I grew up in a place of privilege." Now, now he wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and, and he wasn't born into um, extreme wealth. But what he was saying is, is I, was, I was so privileged to have this legacy of, of faith that, that I was actually born into. And, and I want to declare, you may not have had that in the physical, but what I'm declaring this morning is there is this great cloud of witnesses and we all stand together in that and you can share in that legacy. You can walk in that legacy. You do not have to be born into privilege because that's the thing about the kingdom. When you come in, you're in the same place as everybody else. 
so many people start well and they build well but don't always finish well. And I'm not talking about even, even getting old. I'm talking about even changes of season. You know, I, I see... I see young people, young adults, that they, they, they go well and, and they're, you know, they're passionate in that youth zone and they're, they're passionate you know, often as youth leaders in that side and then they move into that next season of life where it's, it's getting married and it's kids and, and somehow values and things actually shift and what they started well with all of a sudden becomes a, a lower priority and they make decisions that are not necessarily kingdom decisions um, they might be about being comfortable. They might be about just, you know, it, it is a lot flaming harder to get yourself organised to do things with little kids than it was before. Amen. I can testify to that. Alex and I had 30 years of not doing that, not having to have that thing going on and now we have it and it is flaming harder. (laughs) So I sympathise. But we still make the decisions based on faith, not on circumstance. Are we living in the moment or are we living by faith? All right, to live above the crowd, I think number two is that you've got to develop your long vision. Develop your long vision. Develop a spiritual long vision. It says, they saw the promises afar off. That's one thing. Everybody wants a, a prophecy about you know, what, what God is going to do next week. you find most of them are a little bit further off. Why is that? Because you know what? God is the God of eternity. He's actually playing a very long game. They saw the promises afar off. But you see, they were willing to look and consider the promise of God even though the fulfilment seemed far away. The Message Bible says they saw it way off in the distance and they waved a greeting. It's like, hey, it's over there. <laughs> but, but, but we're not going to be discouraged by that because we know God is faithful and we're walking towards it. Basically, they walk by faith, not by sight. So number three, if we want to live above the crowd, here's the old um, tried and true little saying here. Walk by faith, not by sight. So what does it mean? What does it mean to walk by faith, not by sight? You know, we've sung about it, we quote it, we bandy it around. But what does it mean to do that? You see, walking by faith and not by sight requires you to go to a place you don't know. And and I think what God has been able to do in us as a body... He's actually going to do in an incredible way in individuals. See, see, here we are, recipients of this amazing property that we've got here. So much potential, so much future, right in the heart of where God wants us for this next season. 
What happened? We accepted an offer on a, on a building that had a great legacy, that was, that was an amazing thing. What did we do? We sat, accepted an offer and we didn't know where we were going. And it was like a faith journey and it was like, okay, we stand before the church and we say, we're going to sell the building but we don't know what we're going to. And there were prophecies over that. You know, you, are, you haven't been this way before. You know, you will know it when you see it. Walking by faith, not by sight, requires you to step in and go to a place that you can't see now. And I believe there are, there are people here and, and you've, got to, you've got to make some decisions, you've got to make some choices about stepping in to some things that you can't actually see right now. You can't see it right now. You can't see your kids becoming what, what, what you're believing for. You can't see that at the moment. But as you start to declare that, as you start to step into that, God is going to lead whole families into places and zones that they can't see right now. To live above the crowd. Just like Abraham did. You know, God said, go to a place that I will show you. Go to a place I will show you. Walking by faith requires incredible trust. I know we've got a few people here with uh, puppies in their world at the moment, into dog training. And I, I know my brother really enjoys toilet training dogs and children. It's one of his specialties. <laughs> If you want to know about it, if you want someone with lots of patience, somebody who doesn't mind the mess, Andrew's your man. But if you want to train a dog, if you want a dog to be obedient, you can do it sort of in one of two ways. The dog can live in fear. Josh Swift laughs. Or the dog can trust you implicitly. And the more we believe God, the more that we know him, the more that we trust him, the more that we trust him, the more obedient we actually become. And sometimes when we're, we're struggling with obedience is, is how, how well do you know God? How well do you actually trust him with your stuff? How well do you trust him with the situation that you're in right now? How well do you trust him? Because the more that you trust him, the more that you know him, the more that you know him, the more that you trust him, the more that you trust him, the more obedient you can become. The more obedient you become, the more you trust him. Walking by faith, means you continue to cling to the dreams that God has placed in your heart even though you've been thrown away. Even though, like Joseph, you might have been thrown into a well, thrown into prison and it's like these dreams, this potential, this future that everybody declared over your life. So here we have, you've got Joseph. 
The pink-eyed boy, the chosen child, the one who was having dreams, the one who his father believed in him. There was something that his father carried in his heart and he knew what Joseph was going to become. And, and, you know, his father was obviously declaring those things over him. His father was dressing him in a a coat that actually talked about a a future and and unlimited dreams and potential. And, And obviously that got him in trouble. He was thrown in a well. He was thrown in prison. But he continued to believe in the dream even though his circumstances said otherwise. Walking by faith means that you cling to the dreams that God has planted in your heart even though your circumstances say otherwise. He endured through injustice. Man, when you, when you, when you think about Joseph's journey, wouldn't you be so ticked off? You're in prison... Because you did the right thing. <laughs> You're in prison because this, this conniving woman twisted and turned because she couldn't get her own way. You're in prison. Like I would be just... Ah! That's why I'm not Joseph. He endured through injustice. But as he endured, that gave him the opportunity to stand for justice. His faith fed strangers and refugees. His faithfulness saved nations. His faithfulness reconciled his family through trauma and injustice. And and I just believe that, even as Alex has said this morning, as... As Janelle stood here and declared, even even as she admitted, even, even in her own journey, she declared that God is not going to leave you where you are, that he's going to move you on, that he's going to take you to what he's called you to. Walking by faith requires a strong determination to follow God's plan regardless of what's been thrown your way. And after a while, after a while, this stuff, goodness me, that some of the things that, that Ali and I have, have walked through in recent years, we wouldn't wish on anybody Some of the things that I remember you know, going through in our, in our early days of, of taking on a church, and you've heard me say a lot of times, you know, I used to just go up on the domain and I'd think, oh yeah, I can be a real man of God and sort of pray for the city, but really I'd be up there complaining to God. <laughs> this is not fair. I didn't sign up for this. But you know what God said, come on Dave. Come on, Dave, do you, do, you, do you want to walk the journey I've called you to walk? Do, do, you want to, do you want to be the person that I've created you to be? Well, then, come on, trust me, trust me, trust me, and commit to the process, commit to the journey. Yeah, that's right. 
Commit to the journey. Commit to the journey. And in recent years, some of the things that we've been through, where we've we've sensed injustice, we've sensed things outside of our control, but the only thing that we could do, the only person that we could trust, the only person that we could turn to was actually our God and continue to stand and continue to declare even though circumstances look very different to what God has got planned. Walking by faith means you have the courage to stand for the hurting and broken. You see, our, our, this community here right now, this community right now, it, it actually needs more than, than good people. It needs more than good people who will do good things. That's a better start than perhaps a lot of churches are doing. It's a better start than what we've done at times over the years but it actually needs more than good people doing good things. It actually needs good people, kingdom people, who will actually stand in faith and believe for change, believe for for injustice to be turned around, believe and, and actually, you know, when we're out there dealing with people that are destitute and broken and some of the things that God will lead us into, it's not just about doing the good, it's actually about taking an element of faith into that that brings about change beyond the moment. Walking by faith means you risk yourself, your own reputation for the good of others. Esther was a Jew that found herself right in the middle of the Babylonian Empire. She risked death to save a nation. She risked herself for the good of others. Walking by faith is believing and surrendering to that belief. Just believing the right stuff is not enough. It's believing to the point that you're willing to step to the edge of what is safe and sure. It's believing to the point that you're actually prepared to go a bit further and actually step over. Come on. Who's been bungee jumping? I still remember, it's a long time since I bungee jumped, I still remember in New Zealand standing on the edge of a bridge and then walking out on, a, on another little platform that took you out a bit further. And watching them wrap, my, wrap a strap around my ankles, watching them attach a cord to my ankles. You see, faith. (laughs) Incidentally, they'd count you down. I think it was three, two, one. And there's this... (laughs) This Japanese girl... And they went, three, two, one. And she stepped and she tried to go back and she was too late. She goes, ah! (laughs) 
But it was like three, two, one, and you know, your faith was actually in you know, the guys that had wrapped that well. You were trusting that they'd do that well. You were trusting that that bungee cord was okay. And, and then once you jumped, I, I remember as soon as I jumped, it was that, that sense of, wow, hey, this is cool. And I think there are sometimes when we take that step of faith, we actually, you know, some of you are not receiving the blessing. Some of you are not receiving all that God has for you because you know what? Your journey and the things that have been spoken over your life and the things that have come before you, your circumstances is a fear thing. And God is saying, if you just trust me, if you just take this step, you're going to go, wow. All of a sudden there is going to be things that are going to break off your life, things that are going to lift off your life and it's like you're going to be free to fly. And for some of you it's, it's, not, it's not more counselling. For some of you it's, it's not more going over the stuff. It is actually a step of faith. Am I prepared to trust God? This thing that I actually have has become my identity. Am I prepared to trust God to release me of that into the newness of who he's called me to be? James 2.19 says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons do that and shudder. See? Just believing the right stuff is not enough. Number four. To live above the crowd. Talk by faith. Verse 14 says, People, in Hebrews, people who say such things show that they were looking for a country of their own. What came out of their mouths actually was what they were carrying in their heart and it defined who they were. If we want to be set above the crowd, what comes out of our mouth is actually important. And sometimes I think more important is what doesn't come out of our mouth is incredibly important. Speak with a faith dialect or a faith accent. A faith accent speaks the kingdom of God. A faith accent speaks of things that are not as though they are. A faith accent implies and declares, Thy kingdom come. Not everything that you're thinking needs to come out of your mouth. Not everything that you're thinking needs to come out of your mouth, Dale. (laughs) Sometimes faith is what you don't say. Sometimes faith is not inciting fear. Sometimes faith is not actually having to talk about a particular hurt in the wrong environment. Sometimes, sometimes faith is, is actually not having to have another talk about COVID-19. Sometimes faith is not actually having to speak about how that person hurt you 25 and a half years ago. (laughs) 
They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance and they admitted they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. They were prepared to declare that which had not arrived. They were prepared to declare where we are is not our destination. They were happy to live set apart from the crowd. How did they do that, the Message Bible says? How did they do that? Well, they saw it from a distance, they waved their greeting and they accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. And and I think as kingdom people, yeah, we've got to be in the world, not of the world, we've got to be relatable, but we've also got to accept that we are different. Because you're you're going to find yourself speaking with a faith dialect or a faith accent. And I think the the people in your workplace to say, hey, what is different about that person? What is different? It's it's the way they talk. It's almost like you walk into the room and, you know, you heard heard Lisa and kids this morning and you don't have to be Einstein to work out where she comes from because she speaks with that South African dialect. And imagine that people just know that you've got a faith dialect. Even that, I, I, was, I was downtown Glenorchy this week. <laughs> At Agent Cooper. And it's with a, with a riding mate. And we came, we came out and, and a well-meaning lady, lady comes up to, you know, a guy... A, has been on the journey in many ways, understands you know, my faith and my journey. She comes up to us and says, do you know anything about speaking in tongues? And, uh, and I said, yeah, well, actually I do know a little bit. And I was sort of a bit interested you know, where she was coming from and what her reason was, so I, I had a little bit of a conversation with her. But my mate, like, he got on his bike and he was gone. <laughs> He was, I had to, I had to, I said, look, I'm coming, it's all right. <laughs> and I rode up beside him and I put my arm around his shoulder and I said, Shara <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> but how much more powerful is it when you just talk to someone and you actually have a faith dialect. And they're not hearing necessarily all the this and the that, but they're thinking there is something about that person. <laughs> They've got a faith dialect. They did not receive, but they declared. They weren't limited by what they had received and they continued to declare by faith and shape the future. You know, sometimes we think our faith is give me, give me, give me. Ah, Lord, just pour out on me. Pour your spirit out. Give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, I need more money. I I need more of this. I need another job. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Where, Where actually faith is, you already have those things. Come on, just start to declare it. And actually faith goes to another level. It actually is less about you and it is more about others and it actually starts declaring for your city, for your family, for your church and you find yourself because you already know that God has gone before you and he has paved a way and you already have those things. (laughs) 
So often we say, God, give me. And God says, you know, we say, oh, give me so I can give. Lord, if you would just bless me with another $100,000, I know, I know that I could put $100 into the building campaign. I know I could do that. Where God says, give so I can release. That's faith. People who say such things show that they were looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. To live above the crowd, I think this is really important. And I get a sense that there is, for us as a group of people, um, there's a sense of, of, of momentum and there is a sense of freedom and there is a window and an opportunity that God is opening before us right now in this moment. And we've actually got to resolve and declare that we are not going back. Amen. Of course, we can't go back to our building, but there are a lot of things we could be tempted to go back to. And we're not going back to feeling like things are limited. We're not going back to feeling like there is a ceiling on things. We're not going back to smaller thinking. We're actually going forward and stepping into what is ahead of us. And we've actually got to resolve that what is in our hearts is about some of the things that we have not yet even been able to see in the natural. We see them in the spirit and we're going to forward towards those things. Resolve that going back is not an option. If you want to live above the crowd, resolve that going back is not an option. That, that, that prophecy that Pastor Corey had over us as a church, he said, you have not been this way before. And, and it's amazing, that has been just so true of what he's calling us into. Again, back to the Message Bible. People who live this way, make it plain, they are looking for their true home. Come on. If they were homesick for the old country, they would have gone back any time they wanted, but they were after a far better country, that heavenly country. You can see why God was so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. I believe there are a lot of people here, and again, I just sense... I sense we're living in exciting days. I, I sense that there is a, 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 a profound opportunity right at the moment. And, and I, I, I think that the, the, the people that God is going to be able to mould and shape into the next season uh, are those people who have actually said, you know what, we are, we are all in. We are past the point of no return. We, we actually have stepped in where we've, there's all sorts of analogies I could use. You know, we've broken the plough, we've, we've burned the lifeboats, we've, we've done all those things and we're all in and we are not going back to what was before. We're actually going to live out the rest of our days with a faith accent and a faith dialogue and a faith vision and we're actually going to see things that are not as though they are and we're going to step through that. And I, and I see this prophetically right now and, and in this 
you know, this day where there's so much, you know, this sort of scientific sort of uh, science fiction-y stuff that the kids watch. Oh, I see it because our kids are into it. But, but you know, there's a, there's a sense where some of us have actually got to be prepared and, and, and to step through the faith portal. Step through the faith portal. And I believe that as you do that, there is going to be a sense of past the point of no return and there are going to be marriages, there are going to be lives, there are going to be finances, there are going to be businesses, there are going to be futures that are going to be transformed as you're prepared to step through the faith portal. So you step into that and wham, bang, you actually find yourself transported to another place. And it's not for the crazy ones. It's not for the weird ones. It is. You can get in too. It's for everyone. Come on. Come on, let's step through that. Let's step through that. Let's step through that. Calvin and Liz, can I just encourage you guys? You are awesome. You've actually got, you've got more potential than probably you even realise. I think you're, you're smart people. You would have an understanding of that. But you, you have a whole lot more than you've ever thought of. And, and more than just, just being good people and, and, and being, you know, being, doing a great job and, and doing you know, well in your, in your professional fields, I believe that, that actually God is going to lead you to into a kingdom assignment. And, and you mightn't be able to see it now and it might be some time before you see it, but I want to encourage you to actually start to, to find ways that you can actually step in to new levels of faith. It's a bit like you can actually step through that faith portal and you're actually going to see some things that are going to start to change and open up for you. God wants to do a profound work in you and, and that there is, there is potential that is actually on you. Right now, he wants to take you into a season of doing a profound work in you so you can actually step into what he has for you. And, and, and I just want to encourage you that don't be scared of it, don't be fearful of it, because there is an amazing future ahead of you. So just be encouraged. And, and I believe even over the next week that, that you're actually going to have people that are going to come. They're not going to be church people, but they're actually going to come and they're going to say things and it's going to confirm some things. And, and, and it's actually going to say, yeah, I know, I know God is doing that. You know, it's a bit like you're going to find yourself responding with a, with a faith dialect and a faith accent in all sorts of scenarios and situations. Each one of these people of faith died not having yet in hand what was promised, but still believing. How did they do it? They saw it far off from a distance. They waved their greeting and accepted the fact that they were transits in this world. People who live this way make it plain. They are not looking for their... They make it plain. They are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for an old country, they would have gone back at any time they wanted. But they were after a far better country, that heavenly home. You can see why God was proud of them and has a country waiting for them. Now, God loves you and accepts you just like you are. 
You can't do anything to make him love you anymore. You can't, make him do, you can't do anything to accept you anymore. He will never leave you, will never let you down. But you know what? When you resolve to live above the crowd, I think there's a sense where, 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 where we actually bring out, we bring out the, the pride factor of God. Where he says, that's my boy, that's my girl. Well, they are stepping into what I created them to do because you know what? They've been made righteous through their faith. They are doing incredible things through their faith. And it's like God is proud and his heart just, bam. It's a bit like your kids, you know, when they, they do something cool at school. You know, they... they they get a, get a prize or they, they win a running race or they do something like that and you, you, you're proud but it doesn't make them, you love them anymore or any less. It's just like it's, it's that thing, that moment of, oh, wow, that was wonderful. And I, and I think that living by faith is actually connected to us realising the favour of God that is already on us. Come on.